0: You know, one common misconception most people have, and I had it too when I was growing up, is that those who are successful are somehow born that way. You know, we think those who are successful somehow had something special, some other element that made them successful, whether that's being successful in sports, in your career, in business, in any field, in any sphere. But you know, nothing could be further from truth. Those who create success in their lives were born like anybody else. But somewhere they retained what's called Virtue, I will talk about it in a moment, and we'll just go back to Steve Jobs' example. You know, he was his, his parents basically abandoned when he was born. Do you know this? Steve Jobs' parents gave, it, gave him up for adoption soon after he was born. They couldn't marry because of uh, religious and cultural differences, and he was taken up by adoptive parents and they brought him up, and his father used to just take him in his garage and tinker, you know, electronics instruments and uh, radio and all that. And that's how Steve Jobs developed an inclination towards electronics. And then he met his neighbor, somebody introduced, uh, his neighbor introduced him to this person called Steve Wozniak, so, or Woz as he was called, and they built the first computer. Uh, Macintosh not the first computer on the planet but their first computer and their whole view was very simple they wanted to create something that even a normal person could use until then there used to be these computers called mainframes and they were the size of this hall they were that that big machines and uh, personal computers were only at workplaces at very big corporations So they had this thing that we are going to create something that we would like to use, that others can also use. And from that they created Mac or Apple computers. And as you heard or saw in the video that Steve hired somebody who eventually got him fired. The CEO of the company had Steve Jobs fired. So 10 years he built something from 20 to 30, at 30 he was fired and he didn't know what to do. You know, Imagine, there's only one thing you build in your life and one day you're chucked out. If suddenly you're kicked out of your own home, you won't know where to go. Suddenly you will think, can I go to my friends? Can I go to my relatives? Can I go here? Can I go there? But really there is no place to go. So that's what happens when you are passionate about something and suddenly something stops you from pursuing that passion. And Steve Jobs lost it totally, but he didn't give up. He retained his what's called individuality and he went on to build Pixar Animation Studio and next company which as you heard got bought by Apple and he was brought back into Apple. Even at that time the whole world was going towards PC, Windows was really the only thing with Linux, the other operating system. But Steve Jobs said, no, my interface has to be so simple, user interface, that even a child should be able to use it. So when he created iPad, before that he created, you know, iMac and then MacBook, then iPod, then iPhone, then iPad. So a journalist asked him, he said, your kids must love iPad. What is their reaction before it was released in the market? You know what he said? He said, my kids haven't used it. Yet, We limit the amount of technology they can use at home. There was a very rich kid. He belonged to one of the richest business families in India, worth a billion dollars or more, in fact. And he was roughly 24 years old at the time. He said, I was 20 years old when I got my first laptop. And he said, I never had anything new in my life to as a first thing. It was always used stuff, like his brother, he was actually the only son, his elder sister would have used it, so she would give it to him. He said, yes, but my father says, learn to earn first before I give it to you, because then you won't value it. And this guy, like many other students, actually worked in a shop. He was working in an antique shop to pay his bills. His father only paid for his education and his rent and he said his tuition fee and rent was paid for he said you want to buy anything even your own clothes you want to recharge your phone or pay for your phone bill utilities or you want any you want to put petrol in your car you want to put gas in there it's your responsibility I'm not going to pay you for that you want to eat out earn it he said and then he did this job After he did his MBA, his father said, go make mistakes elsewhere. I'm not going to allow you to make mistakes in my company. (laughs) And then he said, go find a job. It took him a few months, but eventually he ended up getting a job in Melbourne. And he started working there. He worked there for four years. After he worked there for four years, and he was nearly now 29. His father said, okay, now come back to India, and you can work with me. So he came back, and he thought, I'll be the GM or something, you know, everybody will be reporting to me, I'll be sitting in a big office. And his father made him report to a middle manager in the company. And that he did for two years more. He said, you must learn to first work in an environment before you start dictating people. You must first understand their challenges before you start to tell them that's nothing. And then he worked in that company for two years. And then his father said, now this guy was 31 years old, I will now give you my company to run. And he was ecstatic. He actually called all his friends and he celebrated. And the next day, his father took him to the shabbiest place one of the divisions, the factory that was shutting down, a division that was making loss. He said, go run this. He said, there is no money in it. How am I supposed to run this? He said, there are 600 people in this division. I will pay their salaries for two years. But you have to start turning the company around. If you can turn this baby around, then you can run my company as well, because his father built his company from scratch. He said, I'm not going to give you my life's everything just because you're an MBA or just because you worked six or eight years somewhere or just because you could sell antiques to some customers. So he ran that loss-making division for four years, but he's progressed, he's progressed. That sense of individuality, you know, all around you there will be peers, your friends, who would want you to not do well, not intentionally, just because they can't do it either. Those who haven't got control over themselves, love to hang around with those where they will support their viewpoint. If you ever look at, you know, they say bird of a feather flock together, it's kind of, that's what I mean, that you will automatically be with your kind of people. And it's in your hands, if you are stronger than them, you will change them. If they are stronger than you, you will start to act like them. So when they change you, it's a question you have to ask yourself, am I stronger or are they stronger than me? If you are strong, they will follow you because people only follow strength. People don't follow weaknesses. If you are weak, you will start following them. There's a story out of the life of Mahatma Gandhi. He had these friends who were really good for nothing. They're just killing time there. They just have it too easy and they will be the ones who will be struggling. You have a choice. You can work now hard for the next four years or five years and lead a meaningful, a fulfilling life for the next 30, 40, 50 years. Or you can have fun now saying, oh, I can't study, it doesn't get to me. I feel sleepy. I feel dizzy. I want to be doing something else. My parents are no good. My teachers are no good. Or this is not what I want to do. I want to, but I'm unable to. Or you can make all these excuses. Have fun now and absolutely struggle for the next 40 years of your life. The choice is yours. Nobody can force it on you. It is something you have to learn it yourself. You know when you say, I don't want to study, it's an excuse. And if you're you're hell-bent on making that excuse, nobody can fix it, except you yourself. So Mahatma Gandhi had these friends who were really not much. And his mother was really concerned. And she said, Gandhi, his name was Mohan Das Karamchand Gandhi, he said, Mohan, She said, Mohan, you go out with all these friends and I'm really worried because one day you'll become like them and you'll just be wasting your time. And he said, no, mother, you haven't understood me yet. I don't go out with them, so I become like them. I go out with them, so they become like me. And I tell you what, they are becoming like me, he said because I don't change my ways, just because they are not changing theirs. When you are truthful to yourself, then you build this thing, this virtue that I was talking about called individuality. You know what Steve Jobs used to do in his meetings? So he had uh, obviously a nice big office and next his office was a washroom, once again nice and big. He would say, it's pretty cool in the washroom, let's everybody have a meeting in the washroom. (laughs) Now so far so good. And then he would put his seat next to the uh, toilet bowl, the commode, and soak his feet in there and keep flushing every few minutes, it de-stresses me, he said. It takes great courage to do something like that, doesn't it? Can you do that? No, because you, most of us will think, oh, people will think I'm stupid. And doesn't matter how brilliant you are, people will think, some of the people in the world will think you are stupid. People even called Einstein stupid. And their opinion does not matter.